I didn't want to come out and I didn't want to do those things because I was afraid that everything would change. But the reality is everything I already had. What I was holding on to wasn't even real, right? Because I wasn't being real. If you're living your life desperately waiting for someone to ask you a question, then you, yeah. it's time for you to just start living the answer. Welcome to A Cup of Tea with Mama Bear, empowering you with the words and experiences of today's authors. Bringing light to dark topics is what we do. I'm your host, Melissa Wiggins, or as my pals like to call me, Coach Mama Bear, a wee Scottish lassie living in America. Together, let's bring you closer to where you want to be in life by empowering you through the lens of the world's best wordsmiths. So buckle up, lassies and lads. Let's put the kettle on, have a sit, and relax with a cup of tea with Mama Bear. Today, I am here with Britt Barron, or as her friends like to call her, Beans. She is the author of the incredible book called Worth It. This book is about overcoming your fears and embracing the life that you were made for. Well, thank you for coming on A Cup of Tea with Mama Bear. A Cup of Tea is very special in Scotland, where I'm from. It is where, unlike coffee, I feel like coffee in America is like, go, go, go. Like, you know, like, let's grab a coffee real quick. Tea in Scotland is like, bring it down a notch. Like, let's have some real conversations. On average, like a Scottish person probably has about 15 to 20 cups of tea a day. Like that's just what you do. You drink tea all day. That's so amazing. thank you for coming on to talk about hard things and yeah. about your new book. You are an author, a speaker, a pastor, a bread maker, <laughs> a wife. I mean, yeah, um, you, so many you things. You just moved from California to Texas. So you're a Texan now? I guess I'm a Texan. I need hats. I need a. I need boots. But yeah, we just moved to to Austin, and we love it. So it's a big change, but we're excited. I know that a lot of your friends live there, and that's got to be nice having that. You know, when you move to a new place. When I moved from Scotland to America, I really only knew my husband and um, mm-hmm. my stepdaughter at the time. And now I've been here for ten years. I know a lot more people, obviously. But I think moving and having like some people there—that's I'm really happy that you have that. Yeah, it's been really helpful to already have some some people here who can come in and. We can text and they can tell us where the stores are and what we need to do. It's It's been really nice. I love the house too. It's like that dark color. And that's what I'm painting my house right now. I'm decorating. I love all those dark houses. Oh, that's yeah. It. That was, Sammy was like, I want to live in a house that's black. That's my non-negotiable. And so when we saw this house pop up, we were like, that's the one. We have to get That's it. my non-negotiable. Go Sammy. I love that. I <laughs> I don't care where I hear about the color. I love it. So I saw you speaking in January and like there was about 10 or 11 of us from Orlando that went to Rise and it's an honor. Those are those are some of my favorite weekends, man. They're nonstop fun. So tell me why or how did your name become Beans? Because for the people watching, let's just tell them your name is actually Brett Barron. Yeah. Uh, you like to be called Beans. What's the story yes. behind that? Well, everyone calls me Beans. My parents call me Beans. That's Teachers in so cool. school, literally everyone. So when I was born, my sister, she's three years older than me. And they said that she couldn't say my name, right? She said Beanie. 
and then it just stuck. And I don't know what happens. Usually nicknames trail off when you're like 13 years old or something. But and you're like, no. And then my sister went like she went to every everywhere before me. Like she went to the same school just a few years before I did. And she would tell everyone, oh, my sister Beans, my sister Beans. So by the time I got there, they'd be like, oh, you're you Beans. You were Beans. Yeah, there exactly. was no going back. <laughs> and now, you know, if it wasn't kind of odd, I probably just would legally change it at this point. But we're keeping Brit just, you know, for books. Formal world. Exactly. If you ever require it. Exactly. But Beans is, Beans is the name. I love it. I have said a quote from your book so many times and you're probably not going to believe what the quote is but i have four four little kids and the quote that you're it's not a quote it's what your dad really said to you but it's a quote to me what your dad said to you when you came out to him which is there is nothing that you can do that will make me love you less and there is nothing that you can do that will make me love you more <laughs> like i have chills yeah. like i you know, I was just, when I read that, like, I instantly went back to my childhood and was like, oh my gosh, I was doing things thinking like my parents would like it or my parents would want me to do it or my friends would want me to do it. And thinking that they would love me less or more dependent on whether I made those goals or achievements. And so I, my, one of my kids told, told on one of the other kids for doing something. And so I've started saying it to my kids because I don't want for them to do things because they think I want them to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never, I never been uh, put a lot of it together until that moment, you know, cause you know, my parents and, and my daddy's always said that to me since we were little, but that was a moment where I was like, I, I had an idea in my mind that like, Oh, this, this might make him love me less, you know? And so I feel like you you say those things over and over for the moments when you're really going to need to remind yourself or your kids or whoever in your life that no I mean I meant that you know it's not it's not conditional. So in that chapter four where you say choosing freedom means choosing change, why don't you tell some of the listeners about what you were talking to your parents about and why it was hard and what change came from it? Yeah, so that's the um, the chapter where I talk about coming out to my parents and uh, my parents are the best. They're they're two of the just most loving people I know, and they're really involved in in the church. And I grew up in the church. And so understanding my own sexuality started to conflict with things that we had been taught from those spaces, um, things that I had been told or, or overheard. And so I was super nervous to, to come out to them. And, and that's what I talk about in the book is I didn't necessarily think that they were going to reject me. Like I knew they loved me, right. but it, it did mean like eminent and permanent change. Like it meant everything was going to be different. Our community was going to be different. Their relationship, like it just felt like so much change, like maybe too much. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason I was so scared to tell them. And so, you know, I told them and they were great. And which is like what I talk about in the book all the time. Sometimes like the things that you're the most afraid of will happen. So right. I was afraid that people would treat me differently or treat my parents differently, that our community would reject them, that I would lose friends, that they would lose friends. Um, and all of that did happen. Um, yeah. That change did cause those ripples. And so 
my parents are great and super loving and now they're like every pride month wearing rainbow everything I, and... I know I was laughing I, was, I remember that in the audio book where you're like my dad will always have something rainbow on him like on his being like there's something they're just rainbow people now I love it and that doesn't mean it wasn't hard and it, it didn't require change and that's I think why most of us are afraid is we think okay if it's if it's going to be that hard is it is it worth doing right is it worth all of that change? And ultimately, I, I think it is. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's maybe watching this and they're, they're at that moment before that where they're in that period of time? Because I love in the book how you talked about, you know, you lost Sammy in this process where she was mm-hmm. ready to come out and tell the family and tell everybody before you were. And ultimately you weren't. And I have chills like and you, you know, you lost her. And mm-hmm. I felt the emotion of that in the book of like how heavy that weighed on you. But it also took the time that it took. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's. There's parts of me, I say this all the time, I want to go back and shake myself, like, come on, you know, um, yeah, like, do it. And at the same time, it, 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 it took the time that it took. Yeah. But I say this, part of me, I didn't want to come out and I didn't want to do those things because I was afraid that everything would change. Mm-hmm. But the reality is everything already had. What I was <laughs> holding on to wasn't even real, right? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't being real. And so... I think for the the people who are about to take that leap or about to do something scary or about to do something that they feel like is going to create so much change and you're afraid of that change, even if you're already thinking about it, even if it's just a thought in your head, it's already changed. I know. Like it's already happened. And so you have like, now you only have one option, right? It's like live an inauthentic life. But the, if you want to be true to like the thoughts that you have, the dreams that you have, the person you want to be, even if you've already thought about it, it's already changed and you you have to do it. I think what's so crazy about that is, you know, like it sounds so simple, right? Like live an authentic life, but it takes us a while to get there. And in the book, you know, you talk about how, you know, you were one of your biggest fears as long as you can remember was like what, whether people would like you or what they would think of mm-hmm. you. And that's been mine too. And so I recently in me did a blog that I was 11 years sober and mm. I have never talked about my sobriety ever. I just was the girl that didn't drink. And mm-hmm. I wrote the blog a year ago. And I wrote it and I wasn't ready. Like I wasn't ready Mm. to talk about it. And I was still in my head about, you know, like you were, like what will the impact be on my family? Like what will the impact on my husband or my kids? Like what will my kids think about me if I'm, you know, talking about that and they find out later? And and you're right, like all of it did bring change. But like, man, did it feel good once I said I did the post button. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know going back. Like it was, you know, and and of course, like you, um, for the most part, I got a lot of, you know, great feedback. But it is, it does take a process. But yeah, I think like the thing I always say to people when they have to do something scary, like what you did, or like what I was talking about. It's just like you'll know when you're ready and when it keeps tugging at you and it doesn't stop tugging at you, it doesn't like let you get away, like it's time. Yeah, it is. It, it, there's something about humanity. I don't know what it is, but 
sometimes things have to get unbearable for us to yeah. to see. True. Like like you talked about, like that 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 period of losing Sammy. If it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would have ever made it out. Right. I needed something to be so unbearable to me, and we all know what that feels like. And there's a part of in the book where I talk about like if you if you're living your life desperately waiting for someone to ask you a question, yeah, right. Then you yeah. it's time for you to just start living the answer. Like I remember thinking, like, what if someone just asked me if I was gay? Yeah. What if someone asked you like about your sobriety? Or what if someone just asked me if I wanted to do this? And we like every day wake up with the hope that like someone might ask that. And it's like, well, if that's where you're living, then like you just need to you need to just live the answer. I know. I love that bit where you talk about in the book where Rachel asked you if Sammy was and you were like, um, uh, uh, and like, it just shows like the testament of your friendship because she knew not to prod or pry more. Right. And I feel like that was such a good sign of like how deep your friendship is and like what you get from each other. And another thing that I really related to was people fighting for you. You know, that chapter we need each other. And I don't know if you felt like this, but as you know, my son, Cannon, was diagnosed with stage four cancer when he was two. And the people that took that on and ran with it, who didn't have kids with cancer, like I'm forever, like they're in my heart and soul. Like I can Mm -hmm. never, there's never enough words. And I feel like you showed so much gratitude in your story by sharing, you know, these individuals that came forth and they lost things because of something they did for you and a community that you believe in. Yeah. That's the harder thing sometimes. Like I know in in your story, right? Like you imagine like, okay, this means like I'm going to have some sleepless nights. This means I'm going to have long hours. This means I'm going to be on the phone with doctors or whatever. This means this for me. And it did. But then when you have friends and family who are like, no, I'm going to have sleepless nights. No, I'm going to be up. No, I'm going to be on the phone with these doctors. No, I'm going to advocate. No, I'm going to call this person. Like that hits differently. And so yeah. like, and, and for us to say, okay, we might lose friendships and, and, and we might have these hard conversations and you're ready to take that on. Like something in you is just like, you know what? Fight or flight. <laughs> I'm ready. You got, you got your mama bear. Like, yeah, I got my mama like bear, I'm just yeah. like, I'm in it. But to watch people. I know like experience some kind of loss or or go through that for you on behalf of you it just hits different and i think it's it's one of the most important lessons we can learn is is to receive that and to embrace that right that that's vulnerability on a different level and it's so hard i want everyone listening to see like this isn't something that you know you just do it is really hard i remember my good friend who is on right now, Ashley Vandermark, and she came to the hospital and I was I was 38 weeks pregnant with twins when Canon was diagnosed. And I oh had my, my daily out to here sitting on the chair and she was like, we're going to start a meal plan for you. And I was like, I'm quite capable of cooking for myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to need any meal plan. And like, I feel like in that moment she went, Melissa. We're cooking for you. You will allow people to help you. And like the only way I got my head around it because of my ego and my pride mm-hmm. was I'm going to allow people to help because that makes them feel good. Like, yeah, yeah, it, like yeah. it was just like it was this like roundabout way. And then, you know, I never even had social media back then. It was like seven years ago and I was, I don't know, anti social media. And I just wasn't like that wasn't something I was 
doing. And she was like, and you need to start, you know, a Facebook page and let people know that are praying for Canon and, and want to support them. And I was like, but then it like became this therapeutic, amazing thing that, you know, we later turned into a book of all these blogs that came Mm -hmm. at the time. And it's, it's like you said, you know, like it's not easy in the moment, but when you get through it and you allow, you allowed, you allowed people around you like your therapist and her husband and those people Mm -hmm. to come in and say no I want to stand with you and you didn't say no don't do it you know yeah yeah and and honestly that was so hard and and we felt like we ruined their lives like in the moment we felt like Mm -hmm. we're ruining Mm -hmm. these people's lives for context our our therapist who ended up officiating our wedding who had watched us through this whole process it was so beautiful that story oh my gosh she's amazing and her husband was a pastor for 12 years at the church. I know. And, you know, once she said that and, and he could no longer be a pastor of the church, it literally felt like we just ruined their life. Like yeah. this was this was their, their whole life. And what I've what I've started saying now is what it felt like is everyone in our lives and all of our friends, they were sitting in still water and we dropped a boulder into the water okay. that like shook yeah. everyone up. And in the moment, yeah. it felt like we just ruined everything. But what we didn't realize is like, actually, they wanted to get to shore, yep. but the water wasn't moving. Oh, good, Brent. Ah, I know. Yes, that and so good. for him, you know, he, he had a dream of being a firefighter that he, oh and he my was gosh, never going to do it. And I think three weeks ago was his first, his first Stop official day. It. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. She'll These are the pictures. stories that you need to tell. You know, like you're an yeah. incredible, one of the best speakers I've ever seen on a stage. Oh like God, seriously, you. you are wow. phenomenal. You are so, I mean, you just captured all of us. Like we don't really know what you said, but we were just like, it's amazing. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's great. Perfect, perfect. Oh, it, it was so good. And like these stories are the ones that like I need to hear that fireman story, like when I'm in it right now, when I'm thinking about, you know, dropping that boulder like you talked yeah. about, right? Like yeah. I need that story. Like I need something. When Canon was sick, they just kept hit like tell me about all these kids that had died from what he had. And I I remember saying to the oncologist, if you don't bring me one kid that has survived this, I'm leaving. Like I'm out. Like I just need one, just one good story. And they did. They brought this 15 year old boy who had had it when he was like five, Tyler Utes. And they brought him and he was doing great. And I was like, okay, that's all I need. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, we can yeah. go now, you know? You just need to see it. You've got to. And you've, you've got, got to share. Know. And when it works, you have to share the stories. And, I know. you know, that's why Sam and I all the time are, like, super just obsessed with each other and on Instagram, You're too. Like we're like, ever. like, I'm ready for your chat <laughs> show, your cooking show. Like, yeah, oh. I know. <laughs> like, I love it. But we always say, like, there's going to be some, like, 15-year-old closeted lesbian in, like, Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> and we can, sh- like, literally show her, like, that kid did for you. Like, show her, like, hey, this is a possibility. I'm not saying it's, there's not, a, like, some dark stuff out there. I'm not saying there's not a lot of hard. I'm not saying that. But there is also a different possibility than it shapes the, your brain and the way you're going to interact with it, you know? Yeah, I think it's incredible. And 
you are such a light and so is Sammy. You're both so fun to follow on social media and your adventure of life. And um, I'm excited to see what happens in Texas for you guys. So another thing you are very passionate about that you have been advocating about for the last 10 years is, and you just did a course, right, on racism. Yes. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that, because I'm super excited to hear more about that. So that's something that I've always been um, a part of. My dad has been in in anti-racism work for like 30 plus years. And so it's something that, you know, was inherited. And as a person of color who grew up in like mostly white spaces. It's just been a conversation I've had and taken upon myself to to learn and to educate. And so I used to do like tours. I do trips through the South, um, civil rights tours. Um, I've done different trainings and then sort of started to, I, I took a little break because it's heavy work, right? For sure. And then once um, George Floyd was was killed, my inbox was just like flooded. And so many people were asking, like, I, I don't know, I don't know much. I don't know a lot. Like, I don't know where to start. What, what do I do? And so um, I just got to work and created a course, Understanding Racism 101. And that's like, if you need a place, if you're trying to know where to start, like, this is a starting point um, that sort of like will bring you up to speed and like set you on your path of, of continued education and learning. So it's a very important time for 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 this it always is um but right now we're in an interesting cultural moment right where people are open to it and so i'm i'm very happy to to be offering that and and be a part of that work i am one of those people that probably needs that 101 course you know like i grew up in a in scotland which is you know primarily white people mm-hmm. uh, you know, moved to Florida and live in a primarily white community. Mm-hmm. And I just adopted a little girl who is not white. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I before it's funny because before we adopted her, knowing that we were going to be, you know, multiracial family, like I read all of the books about like, you know, how to integrate that in your family and ad- mm-hmm. like all of that stuff. And it's funny because Charlie will say, you know, I'm brown, you're white, and then she'll say that my husband is brown, even though he's not. Mm-hmm. So, so he's brown with her, like they two are the same, and I'm like separate because I'm Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's even like bringing that lightness into our family about it. Like, does it, it, I feel like I don't want it to always be tense, right? Like you said, it is a heavy subject, but mm-hmm. I want to, how do I communicate that to my kids? And so, like your course helps with what are like the foundational things that you should be working towards. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think there's a, it, it's a good, it's a good point in time because we have to have some hard conversations about, about race and racism and what that's meant. And at the same time, we get to celebrate people of color who are doing amazing things. We get to celebrate black joy. We get to celebrate all of these things and see them represented. And that's been amazing as well. And so you know, I think it's it's always a combination. It's like anything else in life. We have to understand, like, what are all of the amazing things? I always say, like, being black is just my favorite thing to be, you know, and, and it's, I love it. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that it's without its hardships. It's like, right. like being in love with Sammy. That's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, and that didn't come without its hardships. And so 
how do we have these conversations that open us up to to the reality that we're like complex human beings and so we can fun. have more feelings than one like <laughs> you know like time. at the same time at the same time about the same thing like you know this isn't good or bad it's probably both right it's probably both yeah, yeah. well i really really appreciate you coming online and you know, just sharing about your book. And, you know, this book is for looking at when you're having hard times, like ways to get through it, no matter what that is. And I think you do such a good job in the book of being like, you know, whether it's your kid having cancer or it's about sobriety, like you can apply it to anything, you know, like you you tell the story. And um, so you can get on Audible, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it in Barnes and Noble. Um, where can people find you online? Brett Barron, Beans, where's that? Yeah, you can find me at Brett Barron and here on Instagram or BrittBarron.com has everything else. Yes. Yes. Do you have any questions for me? I've got questions. Well, actually, this probably isn't a question for like, this probably will be a longer thing that you can okay. send me. Because my number one, right now, every time someone's asking, we're in quarantine, but if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? And my number one answer is Scotland. All I right. don't know why, but I, I am obsessed. Of all of it. I have probably about 15 books I could send your way. About oh my gosh. What, like you said, you know, like your favorite thing about yourself is being black. My favorite thing about myself is being Scottish. Like oh I'm gosh. proud. I have a Scottish flag and a Colombian flag for Charlie. And like, we are, we're all about it. So I am I, into it right now. I can't stop. I'm like, that's the first place I want to go as soon so as we can go somewhere. Outlander shows? No, I haven't. I don't even know what. I literally um, just like. Uh, well, we will get into that because I know you watch Game of Thrones because you write about yes. it. And I watch Game of Thrones, but you will love Outlander. And it's all okay. based in Scotland. And it's, it's. I mean, it's men in kilts, but like you'll still like it. Like I'm I love a man like in a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta, I gotta check it. You will. I'll say so. I'll send you lots of information about Scotland. But thank you very much for yeah. your time. Really well, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of A Cup of Tea with Mama Bear. For more empowerment to help you bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to go, follow me on Instagram at Mama Bear Wiggins and click on the link tree in my profile for the opportunity to speak to me directly. I deeply appreciate you joining us and look forward to another cup with you right here on A Cup of Tea with Mama Bear.